Welcome to the Bible Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Paris. I uh, live very close to Harvest Records in Asheville, North Carolina. Well, we are discussing the text for September 10th, a Sunday. In which you are preaching, Zach. I am not, and you are preaching. Wow. Are you ready? The tables have turned. Uh, I'm not ready, Matt. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll come up with something to talk about. It'll be good. But Matt, I gotta, I gotta ask you, okay? Because on this podcast, we're not afraid to take on the tough issues of the day. Uh, and one thing is riling up the internet this week, Matt. It's what? Pastor Quit Lit, which I didn't know was a genre until Ben Dulham uh, had a post where he criticized Pastor Quit Lit, and I, I just didn't know that was a, a thing. And so, th- so it seems to me there was an article posted on—I don't even know what it was posted on. Was it like their own blog, like Medium or something, uh, where somebody quit? And there are hot takes all around. Matt, hot take number one. We got to have some solidarity here with this guy. This is just the way things are. Uh, <laughs> hot take number two on the other side. Uh, he's just got to toughen up. Got to toughen up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it is the truth somewhere in between? <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's actually wow. an even hotter take. Oh wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he. Uh, I believe, if I understood correctly, as you're signing from the uh, a parish in Arlington Heights, which is a city in Illinois. Yeah. I assume it's that's the place. Maybe there's more than one Arlington Heights, but uh, it would make sense to me. I, th- I think it might be from my hometown, <laughs> one of my hometowns. <laughs> uh, yeah, I read the article. Well, I skimmed it to be honest, because uh, it was it felt kind of skimmable. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and then, yeah, it's been kind of surprising to see how much it goes around. Maybe that's my take is like, just, um, I think it's really interesting to see how it's continued to be shared. I'm like, wow, this is still going. Like it's been about a week and a half, maybe two weeks since I first saw this post. And now it's like still being shared and commented on, um, which maybe speaks to, um, the, I don't know some of the things that pastors uh, do feel and want to get off their chest and don't feel like they can all the time. And so sharing mm-hmm. a post like that is, is one way to do that. Uh, is it the healthiest way to do that? I don't know. I mean, maybe we don't know how to communicate with our parishioners <laughs> <laughs> like that. We could just maybe communicate a little more directly uh, and figure that out. I, um, I, I guess, yeah, you know, to follow up on uh, <laughs> the jokey way of putting it, but I, I do think, yeah. I mean, there are some things to be uh, sympathetic to. Um, and at the same time, like, you know, I'm not in his context. So I, it's hard to, I don't want to speak to be like, well, you should have done this. Cause that's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking that I just, I don't like to speak for other people's contexts. Um, but I, I guess that is the flip side is in general, like, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you could communicate these things a little more directly. I, I think one of the things that he touched on, uh, and you can cut me off whenever, whenever you're ready to give your hot take. But, uh, you know, one of the things you touched on with like this, 
growth mindset versus fixed mindset, which I, it's just, uh, yeah. And then, you know, it is kind of your job though, to like, (laughs) uh, lead them, uh, in the direction that you think God is calling you to lead, you know, like you can just lament that people are in a fixed mindset or you can be like, huh, I wonder how, uh, how I engage these people. How do I, how do I do this? So I don't know. I, I, I don't, Again, not in this context, so I feel like I just uh, I haven't really shared or commented on it. <laughs> um, but now I did think Two Homes Post was probably the best. Uh, I was pretty interesting. It's an interesting take. Um, He's always got interesting stuff. He should have a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I did. Maybe this is my. Maybe this is my. Uh, the last thing I'll say. Uh, <laughs> sure, it is. Um, on my road trip, <laughs> uh, I went to visit a, a mutual friend who shall remain nameless. <laughs> I'm in don't get fired mode. Uh, but like, it was really interesting to visit this friend uh, because uh, he was still. He was very excited. He's about he's maybe slightly older than us, but like about our age group, he's about like our generation. Um, and he was excited about ministry. And I found that so, it just blew my mind. Like I was just amazed. Yeah. Like I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't, I was just sort of like, whoa, like what? Like how, like how, wait, you're like, I had this moment of realization, like, no, you're still into this. Like you are still like really excited and passionate and you have ideas and, um, and I, I, I just found that so amazing because I talked to so few people who are in that place. I mean, I talked to another colleague mm-hmm. uh, last night who, again, like has been kind of burned out and like that to and me is it? the norm. <laughs> I'm not naming any names, but that, that just <laughs> sort of feels like the norm to me is uh, yeah. pastors who are burned out and, and tired. That just feels like the norm. And we can judge that and say that's bad or they should have done this or they should have done that. But like, it's a fact. Like that's just, that's, that's what it, mm-hmm. I'm saying. It's a fact. That's my general feeling, which is not backed up by any scientific research. Uh, but that's just, acknowledge I just, reality. <laughs> I feel like most of the people that I talk to, it's still like to encounter somebody who was generally, genuinely like felt full of energy. And, and uh, that was, that felt like an exception to the norm. Um, and maybe that's what that speaks to, too. Maybe that's what this article speaks to. I mean, we can go through and nitpick this person's article, but a lot of people feel this way. And I just, I don't know what to make of that. Um, and I'll say if my own parishioners are listening, don't worry, I'm not in that place. But I am kind of, I am kind of in this in-between place. Ooh, it's a poll from Ahsoka last night. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in the world between I'm, the I'm worlds. today. Oh, I'm in the world between the worlds where, where she ended up. Oh my gosh. Spoiler alert. Did they acknowledge uh, that that's where she was? I know, but that's apparently reading Podcast up. See, I haven't watched so. a lot of rebels. Uh, anyway, the point is I'm in that place of like <laughs> discerning what comes next. And so, um, and discerning like where, where is my energy going to be directed to and, and what is worth uh, investing energy in and just sort of thinking through all those questions. And so it is just really interesting to me or interesting is the wrong word, but it is most of the people I talk to are burned out and it is the exception to the rule. When I encounter somebody like, Whoa, you're still like super into this. Like that is the exception rather than the norm. Um, and maybe that's part of what that speaks to the article. What's your take Zach? 
Oh, Matt. Um, so I couldn't recall what uh, publication published this piece. And uh, it turned out it was not a publication I was familiar with, Matt. It's restorativefaith.org, mm-hmm. um, which is his new business ventures <laughs> website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty great stuff. Um, you know, get the bag, you know, uh, cash them checks. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I think there's like, there are lots, <laughs> such a, uh, here's something new for our listeners. I think there's a lot of different things going on here. Complexity. Um, but I, I didn't read it because uh, I'm not in a place currently where I need to be reading like Pastor Quitlet. <laughs> Pastor uh, Quitlet. Oh, wow. Did you coin that? That seems like a, that's nice. No, wasn't that Ben? Ben quoted Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's good. It's a whole well, genre. Pastor kudos to you for bringing it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've had times to think about like, should I write like a Pastor Quitlet thing? Uh, you know, I didn't know that's what I was thinking about, but now I think about that's what I uh-huh. yeah. write, you know? Um, and I have not done that in case you haven't noticed, uh, for lots of di- many reasons. Uh, one of the significant ones is, is pure logistics of, uh, <laughs> when I sit down and write something like that. The, the second one though, a question is like, who's it good? Who would that be for? Right? Like, obviously for me. <laughs> surprising uh here here's a surprise matt it would probably be mostly for me to write it uh to work through some things um Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure really like what who would be for you know what i mean right like uh in my own uh life of pastor quit lit living um i feel like i'm pretty acutely aware that it's a complex subject right like that I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, right? But like my my career change and stuff is not not related to realities and dynamics in the church. Like that's a piece of it for sure. Yeah. Um, but there's also all these other things going on, right? That I'm having that I feel like I need to respond to and stuff. Hmm. Um what I think perhaps that de- I don't know, debates not it's there have been debates in places. This conversation is missing. I think is you mentioned it in conversation, maybe recorded or maybe not uh, this summer, right? That like we went to seminary thinking it was going to be like a profession we were getting into. Hmm. Um, And I think that sort of structural like thing was, is probably the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of my like professional choice, right? was like, this isn't the decline of mainline Protestantism means this is decreasingly a profession, right? In the sense that uh, you're in an industry with uh, support is a piece of it, right? But I don't think it's just support. I think it's being a part of a structure with expectations that everybody has a level of like professionalism or like (laughs) you're so on your own um, in ways that sure, maybe I didn't know at 26 or whatever, um, but also I suspect that we haven't been as real, have, haven't, are increasing, right? Like, like you're on your, like, it's, it's just you, you know, um, 
and when you're in a spot like it can be good and it can be supportive and you can be in a great spot like the fine people at St. Mark's. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, not, not to, yep. not to, uh, please. Not to, <laughs> I don't do really, but this is what, like literally what I told uh, my friend last night was I was like, I feel like I'm in a pretty healthy spot. And yet the biggest drawback is that I feel much more isolated than I did 10 years mm-hmm. ago. And that makes it really hard to keep up the energy and all that kind of stuff. And that's in a healthy congregation, but that because the institution is so weak, you, you're so, you're really isolated. So anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah. So like, let's say, uh, I were, you know, if I was the pastor of a healthy congregation, just like St. Mark's Lutheran church in uh, <laughs> South Los Angeles, the corner of Vermont and Figueroa. Um, no, it's not Figueroa. It's, uh, shoot. Vermont and 36th. 36th. Um, and, and, and felt like I, it was time for me to move on to go to another place. Uh, and I did that and then it turned out that was not actually a great, uh, fit spot for me to be in because on one hand, the resources for helping make those transitions happen have never been lower. Um, you're, I mean, uh, nobody's out there. (laughs) It's nobody's job to look after you when that happens. Right. Um, cause it's, it's not the congregation. It's not that I, it's not the synod. Um, you know, it's just you. Um, and so I feel like the stuff they can come across a little whiny, the people don't want to do what I want them to do sort of stuff. Um, is, is, is probably one, a place that clergy people are more comfortable talking about acknowledging um, cause it's right in front of you, but more of a systemic reality of, well, it's just you and them, right? Like there's nobody else there, right? So if you can't get your people on board, there's not a, there's nobody else, right? Like it's just you two, mm-hmm. like, uh, in ways that I don't think have always been true, I suspect. Hmm. 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 Yeah. How did it used to be different? Uh, I mean, I just, <laughs> I think it felt more like, a, um, again, this is pretty conjectural because we're talking about generational change and I'm a 39 year old man. Um, <laughs> but right. Like, like we've talked about it, like, like this, this is, it points it out, right? Like when the ELCA world, I'm not sure what a career path like looks like, mm-hmm. right? Like what would you progress to? And we can perhaps say, right, this all comes with the caveat of like, oh, if you wanted the trappings of middle class culture and stuff, right, like you're in it for the wrong reason and stuff, right? Uh, And that's a fair critique. However, generations of pastors were recruited with at least an implicit thing that this was a professional career, right? Like this was a pathway to that. And for for generations, it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or I don't know if generations, but for... 50, 60 years. This, that's what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and now, right. Like what's the most prestigious calling you could have in the ELCA, uh, is to be like, to get a call as a public theologian, right? Like <laughs> to get to be a pastor without the people is the, to be on the speaking tour, right? Like that's mm-hmm. to write the book and to never have to actually deal with the humans is a kind of crass, like in cynical way that, Mm-hmm. those of us who who worked with the people for a while uh 
like to throw their dirt on those folks. Hmm. Um, but right, this exemplifies it perfectly, right? I'm going to continue doing all the things I want to do, but without the bullshit, right? Like, <laughs> and I mean, that's Ben's kind of argument, I think, right? Is the bullshit is like, can, like you can't do one without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that proposition, it's a different proposition when you went to grad school for four years uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's the other, like, I saw somebody yeah. say, like, you know, why can't we think about it like military service? Like, well, uh-huh. military service, you just go into it out of high school. <laughs> like, right. You didn't have to yeah. just spend eight years in higher education. Yeah. And that was, and you know, you're going like, to get paid. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that was one of the follow up comments then, because I kept reading that thread. And that was one of his follow up comments was like, well, like with this, with this uh, image, you would have to move toward like a more basic training model with like, rigorous continuing ed or something but you'd you'd have to like shrink the very for entry you know you couldn't you, yeah. you can't demand this kind of preparation um but yeah yeah no i yeah so i mean just that whole like shift we saw matt of like i don't know my, my experience in seminary for all the field ed stuff was the vibe was you're gonna have to do whatever we tell you to do right like <laughs> Like you can go your own way and you can throw a fit about it. Um, and you can change things if you want, but it's going to be real hard. The best thing for you to do is just do what we expect you to do. Right. Which is uproot everything, move for a year, go do that, then come back. Okay. And then we'll send you somewhere else. Yeah. And now it's like, if we can convince you to go to seminary, we, we're not going to ask like anything anymore. You know, like the, just the, Right. Yeah. The leverage has shifted so much, right? Yeah. 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 No, I think that's, I think that's true. And yeah, I mean, my experience of, of, I mean, the trust the process <laughs> in seminary, <laughs> it, it was a, it was a formative time, the thing. but, but yeah. it is, but it is also true that then you get further down the road and you go, and like, what does this all, what does this all lead to? Do I have a sustainable life? And that's a, that's a much more challenging question. Um, yeah. So hard job. Lots of jobs are hard. Um, and this might be true of other jobs too, but I think worth saying about this one, um, is that some of the things that were hard, that were always hard are still hard, like dealing with the, the bullshit of dealing with other humans, which is just part of community life. And that just is what it is. And it has always been true. Look at the epistles for <laughs> more evidence, but, um, there are certain things that are more challenging today than they were a generation ago um, for all these systemic reasons. And, and that may be worth continuing to talk about, even if we want to dump on this guy. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think he's dunk worthy just because it's like, all. I mean, <laughs> yeah, good on, him. you know, dunk worthy for like the capitalistic pivot here. Right. Like, and uh, uh-huh. again, respect you're doing it, but um <laughs> Yeah. 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 Quitlet. Wow. What a genre. That's pretty good. To invent my church world book. I mean, I've dreamed a lot about Quitlet, you know, like on runs and stuff. Like, here's what I'm going to say, right? Like, do it. Do Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. We're ready. Could you do it in the form of a uh, music album? You just write songs about it? Yes. (laughs) 
Yes, and then all follow-up questions will be a la Eve. I said what I said. I said what I said, yes. It'll be great. Don't ask me questions about it. It's in the album. It's actually a little bit like, I don't know, do you have a Jimmy Buffett? Are you... No, that uh, that whole train uh, passed me by. I was not. I I respect yeah. and appreciate all the respect and appreciation posts, but it was not part of my life growing up. How about you? I mean, not the way it clearly was for some people. Yeah. Um, but um, my grandfather, um, he uh, has a timeshare that lives on. Uh, after his death, which is what you want. If you're looking for a legacy, get a timeshare. Can't get out of those things. For generations, um, dissertations will be written in the future. Not a, about generational wealth, but also the generational uh, burden of timeshares. Um, and uh, for a long time, he really liked, he would all take us down there with the timeshare and we'd all like, he'd get like multiple units and like, I think he enjoyed the game of like, you know, you get points and all this stuff before it was like super clear that it's a bad idea to get a timeshare. Um, we'll get a Key West, right? And so um, there was a, quite a while, like high schoolish, like in summer, our summer vacation was we went with granddad to Key West. Um, so, uh, uh, so I got Key West memories um, and uh, yeah. Jimmy Buffett, Buffett stuff there. So, and I've been listening a lot lately. Um, to Jimmy and enjoyed the uh, didn't realize him and Brandy Carlisle were so huh so tight yeah mm-hmm. interesting yeah but he's got the album about being gosh what is it it's not a pirate looks at 40 um, oh man it's about being a pirate 200 years too late like <laughs> kind of that like being an expert in a dying field kind of vibe that I think, you know, connects to, uh, to this conversation. Are you looking it up? I am looking it up. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners got cut out of that. Uh... <clears throat> oh, gosh. Well, we're going to circle back or Zach's going to write his own song. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Either one's going to be pretty good. Yeah, we'll see. I've been, uh, this portion of my sabbatical, I've been working on my book because soon I'll launch my book tour on my own website, <laughs> which is how you do it. And, uh, you know, I feel like at this draft, it's it's like it's in it's in praise of the congregation. It's about congregational ministry and why it matters. And I haven't figured out yet whether it is an in memoriam <laughs> or or a roadmap to the future. It's one of the two. And we shall see. It could be, you know, a die as you say, a dying field. Could well be that. Uh, but I hope it's just transfiguring. It is a pirate looks at 40, Matt. Here it is. Uh, yes, I'm a pirate. 200 years too late. The cannons don't thunder. There's nothing to plunder. I'm an over 40 victim of fate. Arriving too late. Arriving too late. Well, you're 39. You could write a pastor looks at 40 and it'll be. It'll be mm, there you go. <laughs> I loved. Uh, it's too late for me. I love. I love Margaritaville, Matt. Um, <laughs> they have Margaritaville retirement communities now. 
<laughs> he was a billionaire. It's crazy. Sounds sounds pretty good. It's basically what my mom is living. It's pretty great. Sign me up. Yeah. Well, we are looking at the text for Sunday, September 10th, 2023. Uh, pretty uplifting uh, text. <laughs> Nothing about evil showing up. Matt, I have a question for you on this Sunday because I'm preaching. Mm-hmm. I'm making my triumphant return to the pulpit uh, mm-hmm. because this episode is brought to you by Cedar Grove Lutheran Church in Vail, North Carolina, where I'm preaching this Sunday uh, as a special service, Matt. Nope, in person. Are you flying to Colorado? No, Vail, North Carolina. <laughs> Vail, North Carolina. It's <laughs> near where I grew that. up. Near where I grew up in Denver. Um, Incredible. Denver, I didn't grow up there. Full disclosure. But uh, I'm, they've asked me to preach for a service that they call homecoming, Matt. And it's a pretty oh. common phenomenon here in this part of the world. Are you familiar with church homecoming services? I mean, I've seen advertisements for them. Is St. Mark's do homecoming? No. No. Mm-mm. Nobody in Colorado did like homecoming that I knew of. What is it? How would you describe it? Uh, you know, they it's a special Sunday. They will ask like an old pastor back to come preach. They send it out, like get old people like who used to be members of the church will try to come. And I mean, like, you know, it's like college homecoming, basically. Uh, but annual observance, big deal. Uh, it was homecoming at my grandmother's church last week. I had to hear all about it recently. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I grew up with it. I knew it was an idea, but then thought about it this week that I've never really heard of anybody else doing homecoming. Yeah. Maybe we should start. I don't know. There you go. I look forward to hearing how it goes. Are you going to preach? You got to preach about (laughs) you're the draw for homecoming. That sounds awesome. It's me. I'm the big speaker. Wow. Great. Oh, yeah. They get me. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Uh, these should be interesting texts for homecoming. Well, let's figure out what I'm going to do. I got less time to work well, on it these days. We've got Ezekiel chapter 33. Uh, anytime I think about Ezekiel, I think about the dry bones. Dry bones are four chapters in the future. So this is before mm. the dry bones. Uh, but it is Ezekiel. It's full of visions and uh, weird Weird shit in Ezekiel is what you get a lot of. So that's uh, there's wheels somewhere else. The gold that the wheels turn in and the eyes and the spaceship from the so boy much. genius sweatshirt. Yeah, right. Oh, that's you should that's what you should wear really. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't so dang hot. Ezekiel thirty three seven to eleven. You mortal, I have made a sentinel for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear. A word from my mouth, you shall give them warning for me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked ones, you shall surely die, and do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from their ways. The wicked shall die in their iniquity, but their blood I will require at your hand. Whoa! That if you warn the (laughs) wicked to turn from their ways, and they do not turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their iniquity, but you will have saved your life. Now you, mortal, say to the house of Israel, thus you have said, our transgressions and our sins weigh upon us, and we waste away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? 
Word of God, word of life. Is it? Uh, we get some text about conflict resolution here, Matt, and uh, Ezekiel, not helping the uh, Old Testament God's image, uh, offers up an alternative uh, that involves lots of blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, quite a vision. Uh, but, I mean, you're presented with a choice. Go this way, uh, and you can turn aside, and, and maybe you'll find life, I assume. Or you can <laughs> go in this direction and find blood. The wicked are definitely finding blood. It's just <laughs> one way or another. Who, <laughs> of who's uh, in charge of it. Yeah. Specific instructions. I, I, I don't know. This is one of those complimentary texts that I guess we'll see uh, how it relates to Matthew. Uh, no, I don't believe the Old Testament only has value in relation to the gospel. Uh, but perhaps if you're preaching this week, you might want to use the gospel. Yeah, it's not super good newsy here in the Old Testament <laughs> this week. Um, there's blood I will require at your hand. Um which means, like, if you don't tell the wicked that they're going to die, you're going to have to kill them, is my reading of this, right? But if you do, they are going to die, but you don't have to do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to do it, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's like, Dar- it's not an option. It's, it's, uh, it's this like conflict the... will be addressed. <laughs> There's some good news. You can't ignore conflict. Is this is this like uh, what we do in the shadows when Nandor took out Derek because uh, Guillermo <laughs> couldn't do it? They did it for him. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler, Matt, you just spoiled. I know, just coming out with it, just coming out. You're with caught it. all the way up. Like I thought you were behind. I haven't watched this week. Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. wow. Wow. All right. Well, Matt, it's probably best if we just move on. Matthew 18, which is way past the dry bones. You just got to keep going. You're close. Get away from the dry bones. Keep going towards the back. You'll get there. Jesus said, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. But if the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Gosh, I feel like that's the thing I should say to you more often. Uh, I don't know. Tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen, even to the church, let such a one beat you as a Gentile and a tax collector, who I thought we were flipping the tables on here. Truly, I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. A little better. Yeah, that wasn't, was a low bar, but we took an a easy step over it. Here's what I've got, Matt. <coughs> My homecoming angle on this is to lean into that when two or three are gathered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that might be my good news for both the text. It helps when you mix them together because it dilutes a little bit of the insanity of the intensity mm-hmm. of Ezekiel here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that on one hand, this is a, a real description of 
what it is like to live together as the community of, of God's people. And that it's not, um, it's, um, what is it? It's really small, difficult, tedious work, right? Like, it's not a like, well, if you just say the magic words to them, then they'll be on your side. And like, you'll have a growth mindset for everybody. You'll have growth mindsets together and they'll be growth mindset in the right way. Um, and it, you know, it, it, I think there's a chance here for some really like real good news in the sense that like the promise here isn't the moon, right? It's not that like, you know, when the church is gathered, there'll be multitudes. It's like, no, two or three people is what it'll look like. Um, and that may not be what enough to sustain, uh, your salary or, or, uh, uh, a 401k, but that's the church and it'll be enough. Right. Um, uh, and I think that works at homecoming as well. Right. Cause I'll probably get to hit the nostalgic notes of like, you know, homecomings are always, are never as good as we imagine them to be right. Like the past is not the present. There will always be things that aren't there that were there before. We'll forget about the bad parts, right? Like uh, it'll never live up to the expectations that any sort of homecoming gives for us. Um, and yet there's good news here for that, right? That whatever that home kind of homecoming you're, we're dreaming of, like it actually happens, right? It happens, but it happens in the two or three in these much more real and accessible ways rather than <laughs> the clouds opening and the kingdom busting in through the door. Mm-hmm. in all of its fullness. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be bloody. Nice. You know, you could reclaim yeah. some of the blood imagery here, right? Like <laughs> You could indeed. Yeah, two or three are gathered uh was one of my mantras for for many years and uh maybe it should be again. Mm-hmm. Just hey. two or three are gathered. Just stick with that. Just stick with that. I also love um I mean, a line that might that might be cracked open a little bit. Um, I mean, it's like very practical advice, which is helpful. You know, I mean, maybe this is a this is the advice to the person that thinks they have no control of what happens. Okay, here's some, here's what you do: just do this thing, and then do this thing, and do this thing. If that doesn't work, well, you don't. You can. <laughs> very practical. Yeah. But I like the ending that says. Uh, well, and if they refuse to listen even to the church, well, then let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector uh, who are people we don't like. But if you read the Gospels, are people Jesus still eats with? <laughs> so yeah. even then, uh, you should treat them with grace. So it's an interesting little mm-hmm. idea, you know. I mean, I, I feel like what I remember from this text is, well, then you just let them go. Just screw them. Leave. Yep. Then you can close the door on them and you're done. Uh, except Gentile and tax collector, that's actually the people that Jesus eats with. So oh, um, shoot. worth worth remembering that too. This text got a really nice balance of like, here's some real practical advice. Um, it's not foolproof, okay? Because I've been a part <laughs> of organizations that have employed this as a governance yeah. pra- uh, practice and it doesn't work all the time, right? But it could yeah. be, you can do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. And it gives a real like, well, that's the way it is sometimes. Like you yep. don't get a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. You don't, well, you probably do get a lot of that in the Bible. We don't read to look for the, like, <laughs> right. Let's do Bible studies on times when the Bible's like, well, that's just the way it is. 
<laughs> Kenny Rogers, you win some, you lose some, you know? Yeah. Um, but here it is. But then it has the twist at the end, you know, like it's got all of it. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd feel you get to the end of the instructions and then it's like, well, then there's a metaphysical reality. <sighs> yeah. Pull Good. you down into the mystery. Good stuff. What what are we listening to? And what are you listening to while you uh, prepare to preach? While I prepare to preach this week, I'm listening to some good stuff, Matt, because I'm uh, listening to a little Chris Isaac, because uh, we got the Wicked showing up here uh, in uh, Ezekiel. And uh, Wicked Game, Chris Isaac, it's pretty. It is. Mm-hmm. You don't think it's about classic. it very much. But it's real good. And like yeah. a million really good covers you can check out on Spotify. Yeah, Second, it's good. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Jimmy Buffett, and it's really pretty good. Like it is, it's good. I'm not not here to hate on Jimmy Buffett. Um, and I like. Uh, I'm gonna go. He's got a song called Ten Cup Chalice," uh, nice. which is the image that I've got in my mind for this. Like what homecoming looks like when two or three are gathered, right? Like it's a, <laughs> it's a chalice. It's good enough. It's yeah, a ten cup. Sweet Jesus. Um, and uh, so we'll go with that. And then uh, I'm gonna put. Delta Dawn on it, which is a Tanya Tucker song. I've been listening to a lot of Tanya Tucker. And again, go listen to, Dan- to, to, to Delta Dawn, Matt. And then when it's over, play this part of the podcast back. And remember, she was 13 years old when she recorded those vocals. Wow. Uh, right? It's insane. Uh, but I've also got it on because it's a reconciliation song. <laughs> um, uh, you know, how's the chorus go there? Delta Dawn. Uh, those roses that you have on uh, is a faded rose from days gone by. Uh, the songwriter was not Tanya Tucker, did not write the song at 13 because she was 13 years old. Uh, but the songwriter was getting into the show business and his mom was um, alcoholic. And uh, his first TV gig, he told her not to come to because he, he was afraid she was going to show up and be drunk and it was going to go bad. Uh, and she um, died in a car accident that night uh that appeared to be intentional um and so he was racked by like this guilt of like what was his fault all these things right and so then he had this like vision of reconciliation with his mom so it's this song about uh an imagined reconciliation between uh wow mother and son so yeah there you go delta dawn it's intense right Wow. Good stuff. Good playlist. Um, well, I assume uh, we, we left out this verse, but um, I believe there's a verse in Ezekiel 33 where God says, and as you tell uh, the wicked to change their evil ways, you must do it to the tune of Santana's. You've got to change <laughs> your evil ways, babe, over and over again. Uh, so that's just the song that I have in my head is I read evil ways. I just can't read evil ways and not think of Santana's uh, evil ways. Remember when Santana had was huge again in the year two thousand? That was insane. I was so thing. just like Santana back then. <laughs> it's such a thing that happened. Uh, he, yeah. Who is he with? Rob Thomas. There you go. Rob Thomas. <laughs> Rob Thomas and Santana. Well, oh, this is uh, yeah. way Get before that. This is this Cash is like seventies, sixties Santana. Uh, and then uh, you know another another change turn around change your evil ways uh, change your ways a change would do you good bye. Cheryl Crow, mm. uh, who I listened to on my California road trip. Uh, 
kind of love Sheryl Crow. Especially Who's in that in Michael 90s. Jackson video, right? Really? Oh my gosh. Let's yeah. look up that. You and your trivia. And then uh, finally, uh, a band that came out multiple times. <laughs> my my California Road Trip. Let me, here's just a, just a little brief aside. I know we don't usually do tangents on this podcast. Uh, this I'm going to put this on the playlist because it's please don't go back to Big Sur. Uh, so they're pleading mm. to not do a thing. So that's that's how it fits, uh, these texts. Uh, but the thrills, as I was listening, I was like, whatever happened to the thrills? Because I remember uh, the thrills in about 2004. I was living in Bloomington, Indiana, and we won a, a radio contest. It was like, submit your email. We got, a, we got to go see a concert of the thrills uh, in Indianapolis. And again, uh, I mean, I was 22, I think. <laughs> So we weren't going to that many concerts because they were expensive and we didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to get free, you know, this was a big deal. I, I made the investment of purchasing a CD, which was not a thing I did that often, right? It was a commitment yeah. to buy an album. yeah. You could just listen to a streaming, you know? It wasn't that kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me hit play on the new uh, Tyler Childers album that comes out. That You know, like, no, you got to commit to purchasing the thing for 69 So I did it. I had the Thrills album. I knew all these songs. Uh, and they were pretty, they were actually, they were like um, one of those, uh early aughts bands like the strokes and the hives and they were one of them they were really big in um in in the uk um and they did but they did all these songs about california (laughs) so i looked up so i looked i was like whatever happened to the thrill so i did a little dive they're a band from ireland uh and they took a trip to san diego and fell in love with the dream of california and so As they wrote do. all these songs that sound like the Beach Boys. There's some, some combination of like the Beach Boys and Laurel Canyon. But it's like it came out in the 2000s, right? But it's like that's the sound you put on your like, like what decade is this? They're, it's not like Broken Dreams, California. It's like oh, the romance. It's just a whole deal. But they're from, they're from Dublin, <laughs> where yeah. they're from, which is just wild. And then they have one. They basically have this one album. They put out like two more albums. But like the next one was not as popular. The third one really didn't do very well. And then their label dropped them and they disappeared. <laughs> and they're just done. They're just done. You probably hung out with them. I mean, and they were like, life. they were popular enough that like, I don't know, they had lunch with Morrissey, like, but like other artists were like, oh yeah, the thrills, they're great. You know, like they were an up and coming band. They had one album that was really a hit and, and then they were done. They were a one hit wonder, which is, which is why, I mean, it's just, Wow. And I, I had no idea they were from Dublin and wrote all their songs. should write an article yeah. about that. Some band quit lit. Band quit lit. Yes. Yeah. We'll uh, I mean, you could definitely find, you do a little Googling and you can find the whatever happened to the thrills. <laughs> um, so, but you know, it's par- partly my fault, I'm sure, because I was really high on the thrills before we went to this concert. And I went to the concert and one of the members wore a mask uh, throughout the, not like a, like a COVID mask. It was like, a, <laughs> I'm wearing this, like not to be healthy. It was like a masquerade mask. Like I'm wearing this to be mm. arty. And I thought that the was way too, that was dumb. You don't need to do that. Like that's too. Do that in Bloomington, Indiana. Highfalutin. What are you doing? You know? And I was, I was, then I was down and I, so I'm sorry, Thrills. I should have, I, I should have had more grace for your. I had artiness. one more fan. You know, one more it. fan. You could have made it. Yeah. So anyway, that's my playlist. Mm. I like it. Matt, you know, nobody ever moves to Baker or, or takes a trip to Bakersfield and falls in love with California. They always like, <laughs> ah, I went to San Diego, fell in love. <laughs> uh, Central Valley's got a lot to, 
Yeah. What to uh, explore and fall in love with itself. Mm-hmm. Dear yeah, listener. I mean, I had some Merle Haggard come up on my playlist. I had some mm. Dwight Yoakam come up on the playlist. You know, there's some stuff. There Crystal Palace. Stuff. Crystal Palace. Owens, Crystal Palace. R.I.P. Buck. Well, it's been real. Real vital. Ooh.